Welcome to episode 99 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Each week, myself and a co-host examine the story, art, history and merits of a comic or perhaps a comic collection. This week brings the company of the publisher of Fred Egg Comics. He's also known as One Quarter of That Comic Smell Podcast. Yes, it's only Dave Robertson. Hello, Dave. Hello, Tony. <laughs> just, we're just having Making a chat. Making balloons, Tony. Full of enthusiasm. The um, we were just having a chat, but it doesn't seem like much changed, does it? We haven't talked for about I don't know two months, I think, but we still seem to be in the same cycle, don't we? You know, we're in the cycle of eating comics all day long. <laughs> yeah, well, you've had a week off, haven't you? So you've done quite a lot of comics reading, comics creating. Well, yes, I've been reading. Yeah, I've been reading only good stuff. Do you know? I did a I did a reread. I you might well have seen it because I've been showing off about it on <laughs> social media. That's what we do. I completed, <laughs> yeah, I, I completed my Battlestar Galactica ah, yes. collection. And so I have sat and read one of them every evening for, for a month because it only lasted a couple of years. Yeah. And um, uh, as I was reading each one, I was... Uh, Taking a photo of my favourite page and sending it to that comic smell WhatsApp, <laughs> and I was saying, "Now stop what you're doing. Look at this page. This is important." Because <laughs> you did but talk I about think... it on that comic smell, didn't you? I was listening to it the other day. Uh, you had a little... Yes, I told I told them that I'd uh, collected it, yeah, and I'd finished it. Now, was it so... was that the comic? I, excuse me for not remembering right, but was that the comic that you said the studio found out that they were still making it and told them? No, we only gave you the authority to do the film. Or was that 2001? I can't remember now. That was Logan's Run. Right, Logan's Run. Okay, yeah. Yes, uh, that's right. They told them, stop that, what are you doing? <laughs> George Perez as well, <laughs> that was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Wasn't right. Battlestar Galactica, Walt Simonson, was he involved in it somewhere? Oh, yeah, he did most of it. And oh. he was writing and drawing it as well a lot of the time. More so of that. Really... We've got some more Walt coming up next week. Oh, yeah. um, on the hundredth show, he's part of the uh, what we're talking about, so that's interesting. So I've been doing a bit of walk reading today. You found of Simonson's work, or? Oh yeah, yeah, he's really good, isn't he? Oh, amazing! I love the way he does like little outlines around characters, almost like they've got an aura walking through panels towards you and stuff. Uh, yeah, yes. and, and the uh, is it John Workman? I think is the letterer he always works with, isn't he? John um, Workman. He's is, pretty has good. He got, oh, okay. He's got a he's got a regular letterer. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a regular letter a day, or is that just you? It's just me. <laughs> I, I like doing my own lettering, and I don't want my lettering to get too perfect either. Right. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. You know these perfect. But um, when I was on the the comic course for a bit, I yeah, I uh, they were big on doing the computer lettering. You know, make yeah. your own font. And so I thought, yeah, I'll give that a go. That could be handy. And it has been handy for some things. But the way it keeps everything absolutely straight. Yeah, I get you. I, think I, I like a bit of wobble, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah. Mm. Adam's experimenting with some different lettering for our new project. And it looks kind of cool. Oh. It looks kind of un um, counterculture, hippie. You know, there's a bit of that to it somewhere, I think. Yeah, it's okay. quite exciting. Good. Anyway, yeah. back to what we came to talk about. Now, you picked a comic for this week. Yes. What did you pick, Dave? I picked Splenal by Nigel Octarluni. That's the one which I had not read, uh, and I went off to I went off to eBay and got a reasonably priced. I think it was only a fiver or something. 
Oh, that's good. EBay. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's um, a real uh, favourite of mine. Do you I'd like to... so many of these things. I thought to myself, oh yeah, Spleenal, yeah, do that. Read that, you know, a few years ago. Of course, yeah. you, I look into it, it was bloody 12, 13 years ago, of course, you know. <laughs> it's always terrifying, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I know. So what, um, did you want to explain what it was about? Because it's a funny name for what it is, isn't it? Yeah, Spleenal. It sounds it's, like a horror um, book, doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. Mm. Your spleen. Yeah. Sorry, we've had to remove your spleen. <laughs> but it's not It's not horror. It's more of a... Well, I was going to say it's kind of like a biography, but he kind of makes the point of saying it isn't. Yeah. Well, at the end, he says maybe it is, though. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I hope he didn't do everything uh, in it. Do you know what I mean? So, no, no. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's a, it's a... It's a few different stories. So your first one is the child. Spleenal is the name of the the main character. Yeah. And you see him as a as a youngster hanging out with other kids. That's a short story at the beginning. Then you get into. That's the short story where someone catches their balls in the, the bicycle wheel, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is a really a good one. <laughs> uh, we'll go into that when we get. That's a short one, and then it's yeah. into Spleenal's Spanky comic. <laughs> And that is, a, um, I think, referred to as a literal title. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that that one is more, he's uh, up to date and he's, um, it's about his, his marriage, how he's dealing with being an adult. And then he's also off, he's spanking <laughs> this other woman uh, and having sex with her. And, it, and it's how it's how it's playing on his mind, should he be doing this, etc. But he is doing it. Yeah. And he says things like, "Who's in charge, you dirty little slut?" And that's uh, there's things like that in it. And uh, let, me th- let me think. Uh, we then had the tight. There's one that's got a lot of similar stuff about uh, sex, and it and it's also involving time travel. Yeah, that's so quite got... quite a lengthy one. That one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He goes back in time to stop himself having sex. Uh, <laughs> With who, the person who will become his wife, because then she'll get pregnant, and then he'll be stuck with her, and he wants to try life without having done all that. So he goes back and the daydream of us himself. all, Dave. Well, okay, speak for yourself. My <laughs> wife might be listening, and so he uh, actually that really sums up a lot of the feeling of reading this book. You right. do think, uh, is he really like this? You know. How much of a bastard is he? Yeah. But at one point he sits and goes, I'm a bastard. Yes, I'm a bastard, isn't he? And he's quite excited about it. <laughs> I mean, I'll be sending um, this to him to listen to. So I would be interested in hearing back from him about how much was ha- that how he was feeling when it came out. When did it come out? It was like, it was like 2012 or something, was it? Something like that. I think it was 2009. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it was 2009. Yeah, yeah. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is a good one because... Um, he does stop himself, or he does stop his younger self having sex with her, but then he stood there once he's gone, the young one, and thinks, hey, my wife's through there, and she's like 20 years younger. And so he goes in and that's <laughs> yeah. the business. It's <laughs> it's a new take on time travel. It's just a never-ending loop of kind of wanting sex and it ruining everything again, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And then they end up in the, like, the far-flung future. Um, yeah. And there's a bit of a sort of twist ending to it, but uh, I think that one is the one that it's kind of remembered for. I think the time travel one. I think that's the one that you see mentioned quite a right. lot. 
Um, Odd lightning stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did you come to pick it up, dude? Can you remember? Do you know, I think it was purely a case of it being on sale in FOP. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just went, I always have a look at the book table, and I just saw Spleno. thought, what's that? I don't know. Looked at it, immediately liked the look of it, and just bought it. And then when I read it, I thought, this is... I really like it, Tony. It's one of yeah. my favourites. Certainly of a, of British... You know, if you think of a British underground comics, yeah, something like Peter Bag or, uh, you know, even Crumb, Joe Matt. Joe Matt, I was going to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's fair, to me, he's like the British version of, of what could be that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the weird thing, because I remember when you said to me... Um, we were sort of chatting, and you said, "Oh, what about Spleen? Have you heard? Have you heard of that?" And I, I, while we were chatting, I looked it up and just saw the image on eBay of it, and I thought, "Oh, um, that's clearly some American fantagraphics drawn and quarterly kind of book." You know, it's, visually, it's got at first impression it had that sort of about it to me. And yeah. it's only when I got it and I picked it up to read it. Well, firstly, it's Blank Slate, who we'll talk about in a minute, but he's um, he's a British comics creator, isn't he? He's, he's you know. He's yeah. not American. He's you know grounded, very grounded in British comics, really. Um, yeah. But with this, so <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this. Nigel Octoluni is a British comics creator. He's probably best well known for his work on the Beano and the Dandy. Um, in 2012, he became the writer of Dennis the Menace, um, and he also writes has written and drawn the Numbskulls, um, which you know you couldn't get more. You know, you couldn't get more British comics than the Beano and the Dandy, to be fair. If, you know, p- possibly Commando, and that's about it, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. but he has this naughty side to him, almost, isn't it? Where he's kind of writing about time travel and shagging <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. in in the book, and uh, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because he's, you know, British, English, whatever you want to call it. It seems, I don't know, I found it a bit more, I don't know, in my face maybe. I don't know how to describe it, that there's all this going on. But I think it is just some English dude who draws the Beano. <laughs> I kind of think oh, that's I've cool, got, yeah, you know. Got, yeah, yeah. yeah. So usually when we read these kind of stories, it's Americans. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, oh, they're, all they're very exotic, anyway. aren't they, you know. Yeah, Yeah, they've got their way of doing. They're, they're not British anyway. Yeah. But Nigel here has proven that, Brits can be bastards too. <laughs> there you go. There's a Paul quote for his next reprint of this book. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, like we say, draws the Beano. He's a regular. He what he, he is a, was a regular on the Dandy. He also animated stuff for. He's got a YouTube channel. You can find him. You just look him up under his name. Um, and he's animated um, a Mark Maron Marin Mark Marin gig on there as well, amongst other things. And he's oh, okay. he's he's animated. Um, a big finish Blake Seven story, which I found quite interesting, which I've listened to recently. They're pretty good, and this is this is quite cool. He's obviously maybe he's a fan of it. He's also written some short science fiction movies that are there. They're like sort of ten minute movies, you know, which you can watch. You can find him at Spleenal S P L E E N A L dot blogspot dot com, um, which is his website sort of stroke um, blog, and um, the YouTube is is just under his name. To me, Spleenal is almost like an adult signature series to him um i would put the art as simpler than um joe matt or robert crumb in a way it's much more um it's like a cross between them and the beano almost isn't it do you think or yeah yeah there is that um they're sort of i think 
Paul Gravett describes them as button-nosed anarchists uh, or something, I think. I read that he'd read Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It works for me. I mean, there's not a lot in the way of uh, background details and things. It's all yeah. purely about getting the story across, and that's fine. Yeah. I think that adds to it, because you just, you know, nip through it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot spunk, of spunk, spunk, spunk. <laughs> that we'll get to that because I want to talk about favourite pages in a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm flicking through and I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so and even on the cover it says naughty, naughty, eighteen plus. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, naughty, naughty, eighteen plus. When open. you look at the cover, you think if you hadn't seen that naughty, naughty thing, you think, oh, he's a sort of Google-eyed, egg-headed idiot, you know, and there's a robot. And if you look cl- slightly closer examination, it's a bit of ladies with bikinis and one of them is the lady with the cactus bikini that he's made That's right yeah and you think oh and then the bloke just off to the far right looks like a bit of a jack the lad and you think yeah yeah there's more to this than meets the eye isn't it <laughs> you know. even the cactus itself looks a bit like a penis and balls <laughs> there's something for the clip show <laughs> <laughs> good so um the um, Blank Slate books, had, had you read much of theirs before, anything, dude? Or uh, I'm sure I had, but it's been a while now, you know, Blank Slate. There's there's certain comics, th- there seem to be a, quite a few comic British comics publishers around in the sort of 2000s decade. Yeah. Uh, and this was one of them, wasn't it? Who so, did uh, Don Quixote? Um, I wrote a little list of people you'd probably know. Right. So they were... Yeah. Um, UK graphic novel publisher um, of New Talent. That's how they describe themselves. They they have published a raft of books during their life um, and are now, I think what people call it, shuttered, I believe is oh. the phrase. Um, I had a look. Their website's still up. You can't obviously access their store and a couple of the sort of free downloads for issue one that you can find aren't active either. I'm, I'm guessing their Dropbox is closed or something, you know. Right. They, they also publish some other books. They published something by Box Brown called The Survivalist. Um mm-hmm. They published a book which I read, God, ten years ago. No, not maybe that. Maybe seven years ago. Called "Video Nasties" by Chris Doherty. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you remember that? It's quite a good book. I think. I think so. I think Zoo was in that. Okay. Zoo Dominiac. I think she did a. That was an anthology thing. No, it was a story about a video shop where it turns out they're sort of filming, doing snuff films. But oh, okay. it's. But Chris Doherty's got that. Um, Almost a Scott McCloud kind of style, a sort of everyone looks young, you know, there's that sort of thing going on. Um, right. Donya Todd did something with them. Um, they did an anthology, Nelson, and they had, well, you name it, of UK talent who's now sort of paying the bills with comics back then. But you had Luke Pearson, Rob Davis, Woodrow Phoenix, John McNaught, um, Duncan Fagredo, Adam Cadwell in it, uh, Dan McDade, who I think, is he, a, is he a local guy to you, Dan McDade? Yeah, he's in. He's in Dundee, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think he was he, in it. He he's still busy doing. He does sci-fi things, and he did something um, for TKO about three years ago, didn't he? I think. Yeah, um, can't remember the I'm name. Sure, he did like, um, you know, Firefly. Ah, oh, right. Okay. TV show. I yeah. think he was doing that, Planet of the Apes, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I get yeah, you. yeah. I think he did some of the King Features comics as well at one point. I think mm-hmm. um, when Dynamite had them, um, Warren Police. Did a book called Albie Figs there. Warren's good. Um, Jamie Smart had a book there. Um, and then a guy called Oliver East. If you remember yeah. Oliver, he did Trains Are Mint. Yeah. 
Yeah. I knew I'd shared I'd a table with Ollie at, at Bristol one year. Yeah, super nice guy, but I haven't spoke to him for donkey's years, to be fair. He's just one of those guys I sort of lost contact with. But it's a shame. I'm I'm guessing financial, you know, change of ownership, whatever, you know, whatever the story is, blank. But they, they sort of closed their doors. And like you say, Blank Slate was always used to hear about it at conventions and stuff like that, didn't you? It was sort of talked about in Comics International. That's where I used to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I guess they got a few nice books out before yeah. the time was up. Yep. Um, so let's talk about the um, what's happening inside the book. And I thought... I might mm. we might pick out a few moments if you don't mind. I'm going to pick the first one because you know which one's coming because I sent it to you with a laughing thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's um, this is page forty six for those reading along at home. He um, he's having an affair with this woman. Um, she's not an overly complicated person. I'm going to say that. And he sort of goes round and has sex with her. And and the, unfortunately, there's not much to their relationship. And the first panel is hmm. So will I be unfaithful again? And then the next panel is Saturday, and he's he's up the back of her, and he says, oh, it looks as though I am. Um, and as part of it, they're sort of um, doing the beast of two backs, and she's into him um, like calling her names during sex, you know? Um, what kind of names, Tony? <laughs> interesting you should ask, <laughs> Dave. I thought you'd gone a bit silent there. I wonder what was happening. The, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, take that, you whore. And she's thinking, oh, yes, I'm a whore. You're a whore. And he says, bitch. And she says, this is great. I love this. And he says, slut. And she says, oh, yes, call me a slut and pull my hair. And he says, well, there's one panel of him just scratching his chin and going, what can I call her now? And he goes, fat. (laughs) 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 And then the first panel of the next page is them sitting next to each other on the end of the bed. And she's crying and he's trying to calm her down. Yeah, and then he thinks the only way I can get around this is by being dominating again. He says, "Stop crying, bitch, slut, and make me a coffee." And she says, "Yes, sir. How do you like your coffee?" And it sort of clears it all up. Yeah, <laughs> but he get he can't he can't quite get it right, can he? So she says, "Oh, um, how would no. you like it?" And he says, "Nice and creamy, you uh, slag." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's barely hanging on. You know. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> but it, it, it's so funny it was making me laugh all the way through <laughs> it was yeah yeah and yeah. he's he's so easily swayed isn't he oh no i shouldn't really have an affair and then the next it's always the next panel he's hanging out the back of her you know it's like that yeah. that's right even the way the um even the way it's introduced that he's doing he's having this relationship with this woman is was good if i remember like the first maybe ten or twelve pages is his domestic life. Yeah, with the kids and, winding and him like, up. And he's like, oh well, yeah. this and that. And he's saying, I love my wife and all that. Blah blah. And how can I love my wife so much but feel angry towards her for building this cage around me? And then the next panel is I'm spanking this woman, <laughs> and it's going to this kinky slut place for a night of hard spanking. All right. <laughs> and that's how they introduce the fact that he's doing this. And I thought that's funny. <laughs> as i said on last week's acp there's a very thick line between pleasure and pain for me dave i'm uh i'm not into being spanked or spanking i would always worry do you know what i mean too hard to you know you can't get it right too, can you too hard to soft, but oh well you've got to get it just right tony <laughs> it's either the hard or the soft option that's what the pet shop boys told me okay oh, yeah. 
<laughs> um, have you got any favourite moments, dude? And anything else you'd like to bring up? Well, I liked it when he was talking to his wife, and um, well, they weren't talking; they were in bed. You know, uh, I should have made a note of what page it's on. But he's he's lying behind his wife, and she's like, "What are you doing?" You know, and he says, "Well, you know, I want to do it." And she goes, well, all right then. And he goes, I love it when you say, well, all right then. (laughs) (laughs) That cracked me up. It's not exactly 40 shades of grey, is it, or whatever that thing was. And then, of course, as soon as that happens, the kids come in, you know, mum, dad. (laughs) So you were getting all that family uh, dynamic going on. He's trying to excuse it, what he does, Dave. That's what he's doing. Yeah. I will have to. Yeah. We need to ask. I'm going to email Nigel after this and say, "Come on, mate," because the bit I was just looking at there about um, sort of thinking about what I could say as my other favourite thing, and there's so much in it. There's so much fun in it, but it's the it's the, like you say, it's the little grounded moments that with you know with more the realism that I found funnier and more fun than him meeting a dinosaur, for example. I didn't. It wasn't quite as much up my street as the sort of temptation of of you know banal fatherhood you know temptations of boring marriage and um yeah yeah that makes it more more real well not real but it it brings more to it than it just being a mindless naughty sex comic you know yeah i think you're right the the little insights like well you know his wife figures it out doesn't she what's what he's doing yeah but he doesn't know she's figured it out yeah so uh, did you want to say what happened then then when she figures it out because that's another twist isn't it yeah. Well, yeah. She, she, uh, she. Well, it's funny because she sits and goes. Uh, she, well, she wants to. She, once she sits and goes, why is he doing all this in bed? He would never thought of doing this. And then she goes, he's been sleeping with somebody. Yeah. And then so then they she gets figure the it out, don't they? Yeah. She goes to his computer and she's sitting. Funny, going now. What would his password be? And how <laughs> she has about two goes at it and guesses it. And yeah. she's like the kids' names. No. Hellboy? Yep, Hellboy. That was it. <laughs> this is too real, Nigel. It's Nigel. <laughs> I want to hear about your real spanking. The uh, So she goes round, doesn't she? She goes round to see this woman to sort of put it to her and say, leave yeah, your husband yeah. alone. But it yeah, takes gets, a bit of a turn, doesn't it? Yeah, once she's there, she decides, uh, oh, wait a minute, she's going to let me do anything to her as well. And then she just decides to get stuck in herself. <laughs> 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 have you been screwed my husband oh yeah I think so well it ends now you fucking whore yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you're right punish me <laughs> but in a sort of plot twist this improves the sex life of them at home doesn't it it's sort of in this sort of now this was written before this stuff was happening in um, uh, Savage Dragon but at one point he's back having sex with his wife and he gets all sort of weirdly sort of abusive verbally abusive and sort of domineering throws her on the bed and says shut up bitch has sex with her and then she's she's sort of enjoying it and saying uh, and he says to her you love it don't you you dirty cow and she's (laughs) god nigel what are you doing and uh, she says yes yes i do and he he um let's call it finishes and it sort of shoots him across the room oh yeah and it's like like um yeah it's like a, if I it, say that, that was a fire hose. Yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that went off like a fire hose full of egg white in my pussy. 
egg whites. I mean, that's that's dialogue, man. That, that is, is dialogue. Yeah. You can't make that dialogue up, Nigel. <laughs> the um, it's so in the back. Um, there's a picture of him, and it says I've, he's wearing a t-shirt that says I felt horny since I won the lottery. Nigel reckons he's nothing like Spleenal. Where do all the ideas come from then? Hmm. Cartooning mm-hmm. in the best British tradition in another world also works for the dandy. Um, but so he's kind of saying it's, it's not him. But the character in the comic is a comics creator because he meets this woman who lives around the corner from him because uh, she writes him a fan letter um, yes. and says, "Oh, you're I really like your talent, you know." And sort of, and he sits there for about a minute, about a second, and says, "Oh, shall I reply to this?" He says, uh, "Oh, an email from a girl I don't know. I want to tell you how talented I think you are." If your profile is right, we live in the same town. We should hook up someday. Wow. What do I do with that? Best to just leave it. The next panel. Glad you like my blog. You know loads about me. What about you? What are you into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't help himself, obviously. Yeah. He says, uh, what was it? I'm, I'm skating. He's close to the edge or something, you know, but yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my best, my best friend's a lady and she says to me, Give her a shout out, Crystal. She says, Tony, all men are dogs. I said, you might be right, Crystal. Yeah, you might be right. And this is uh, a little satire on that, isn't it? I'm hoping. It is, yeah. Nigel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit frightening. Yeah. Do you... Um, is that something you would do, Dave, is put yourself out there autobiographically like that if you had... You know, I'm not saying you have. You clearly haven't. But if you had something, you know, a little deep seat, dark secret, would you put it in a book like that for the sake of the great comics and the great art that we see in them? You know, well, and do you, do you maybe, think there's an maybe. art in that? You know, yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure we've uh, said before. You know, you you got to put something of yourself in. Yeah. To every story, something sort of true. I think so. Yeah. Because then it means something to you when you're doing it. I think you're right, man. It resonates, doesn't it? There's a, it's all about the, you know, whether you're fighting people with laser guns or, you know, you're you're living in Milton Keynes and drawing comics. It's there's there's got to be that honesty to it, isn't there? The truth to it, I think. Yeah, uh, there's got to be so. something in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'd be quite <laughs> honest. <laughs> I'll. Uh, See, I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a there's another one he did, like which is a, like a follow up to this. Yeah, but uh, weak as I am, yeah. And okay, I've not read again. that. Right. It's the same character, and he's brought in a lot of things like superheroes and stuff like that. And a lot of the superheroes are all, you know, bastards and all this kind of thing. Yeah. But there's a storyline in that that he's he's kind of got a heart condition. Oh right, okay. And and again, as a, as you're reading it, you're thinking, how true is this? You know, because the characters, you know. Um, He's, he's kind of like, oh, my heart, you know, I'm getting heart pains. And then he goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, are you been having heart pains? And he's like, no. You know, and, <laughs> and you just, and you think, uh, oh, is this true? You know, how, how true is this? Is he hiding that he's feeling, you know, it feels very real. It feels yeah. like it could be, it, it does feel like it could be him. You can sit and read this and think he really has been off having affairs and all that. And all this has happened. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same time, maybe none of it happened. Or, or maybe a friend of his, happened. it happened to him, or, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, you know, it's not a lot to dream up, because we dream up all kinds of things, don't we? But, That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm a big lover of autobio. I, 
I do enjoy it. I find it sometimes a little bit of a guilty pleasure wanting to know about someone else's life, but I do enjoy it. But I think it has to be done well and it has to have something worth talking about in it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if they're good storytellers, they can can do it. Yeah. Almost almost doesn't matter really the plot much, you know? As long as it's told well, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see someone sitting on the toilet thinking about things or, you know, having a bath and talking to their cat or something. It just doesn't bother me. Not interested, yeah. but the even stuff like this I find interesting because it's about emotions and it's about you know I don't know polarizing feelings and dangerous situations and there is a dangerous situation here because his missus would kill him you know yeah um, and the fact that she sits and you know you're saying about the twist and and yeah and, and all the ins and outs of it the bit where you get to the stage where Spleno is spending more time playing with the kids uh and then and then he's like saying to her oh you sleep in darling you know yeah we, i'll bring you breakfast and she's sitting going this is great it's brilliant having a guilty husband <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, she's yeah. just playing situation totally and he's still feeling rotten that's why we relate <laughs> to him because if he was just off shagging and coming back and ignoring the kids still we'd be like what a twat yeah but, you know there's right. a humanity to it isn't there you know yeah so it's good. So I feel like a touch like that makes the the wife character more interesting as well. Yeah, you've um you've dabbled in kind of quasi autobi autobi, haven't you? I mean, Bell Time was oh yeah, but kind yeah. about you was it? Kind of. Well, you had a job that I had once. Right. Okay. Um. So there was certain influence there in terms of details and things about what the job would imply. Yeah. And we all know you yeah, don't time travel, but, you know, there's elements no. in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever uh, thought about doing one that's just purely about, I don't know, you and the guys from that comic smell or, you know? I mean, sure, I've thought about everything, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, I've, yeah. Done, and I've done things to different extents. I've done short auto-bio stuff before. Yeah. A big, a, a bigger story, maybe I don't know. I do like that veneer of fiction on things. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you, you know, it's a dangerous game to turn around and say this is a true story. Yeah, Full stop. It is, and then everything in the comic is true. Absolutely, that's what happened. You and know? you would get so, judged these days by the usual twats, wouldn't you? You know. Um, well, yeah, but, but um, yeah, there is that. I like, I like the Fingerman approach, Fingerman, Bob Fingerman's approach, where it's slightly someone else, you know. Yeah. Although he did confide in me the moments that were true, we had a chuckle about once over a beer, but yeah. 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 Um, Peter Bag as well, of course, that we've of talked course. about before. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very um, based on his life, but not really and complete I, fiction. I suppose Crumb is the main, is the one that we Crumb, want to yeah. go to, wouldn't he, I suppose? Yeah. It's. Um, it's interesting that Eddie Campbell, I don't know if, you know, he was, it was always yeah. Alec, wasn't it? Yeah, we did an episode on Alec, yeah, I love his Alec, stuff, yeah. Know? Yeah, and yeah that's true. On, uh, towards the end, I remember having an interview saying, you know, if I was starting again, I would just do away with the whole Alec thing, you know, I would just, <laughs> they would just all be called, he would just be Eddie in all of the comics. And I thought, that's yeah. interesting. He thought he needed that distance at the start, and then he thought, oh, why did I bother with that? Yeah, I suppose in retrospect that's fine, but when you're looking round at the people you're writing about, you need that defence when they go, why have you drawn me with such a big ass?" Or, you know, 
why have you made me look so fat or whatever it's going to be do you know what i mean yeah um it's interesting what's happened with eddie isn't it because he he was very prolific for years and i really yeah. loved his stuff and now it's kind of all dropped away hasn't it he, he hasn't really done any more of those alec or he hasn't no and i joined them and we, we we had um if you get if you get a chance dave go back and listen to the episode i did with simon russell because simon was corresponding with him throughout that period they yeah. sort of had a letter writing thing and it's it's really it's I th- I actually think he I think Eddie Campbell's amazing. I think yeah. um he's as good a writer as he is an artist. But I have to say I think From Hell is my favourite Alan Moore piece. And a big chunk of the reason why is because of Eddie Campbell, I think. Oh yeah. yeah. Great team there, great team up. Amazing team, yeah. And you know it's funny because I would have never thought I think if I look back on it, I would have never you know, reading the um Bacchus or yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have never looked at that and thought, oh, yeah, this is the guy to do this. Uh, Jack the really... Rivers. Yeah. Yeah, I would have never thought of that. I'm glad Alan Moore was able to see that because I, I think that would have been beyond me, having yeah. read all his stuff. I really but like I the think... Bacchus as well. I think Bacchus is amazing from a black and white art ink point of view, even as well as anything else, you know. Yeah. A beautiful piece. Yeah. We're completely off subject here. Dave. That's okay, though, isn't it? That's fine, man. Yeah. The. Um... <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought we'd end the bit about Spoon and then we'll talk about some other funny comics that we've read and we we, th- we thought made us oh, laugh. Yeah. But uh, Paul yeah. Gravett dis, uh, describes it, who I saw last weekend, described it as um, from it, it's the, in the tradition of Andy Cap, the, the line of tradition that runs from Andy Cap through to Sid the Sexist. He describes Spoon as a button-nosed, oddly floating, feckless and footless philanderer. That's a nice bit of alliteration. Um mm-hmm. Spleenal is a reminder of the non-PC anarchist lurking in all of us. I like that. Um, yeah. I think if you're into a bit of the irreverent, if you're into a bit of the puerile and you like a good laugh, I think this is quite a good book for you, I think. Yeah. Just dig yes. into it. I would agree. I also think it does say something. Not to get too grand, but let's get yeah. too grand. I Go think on. it does say something about sort of being human. Certainly being male in this society. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, I think uh, it does. I think it's quite a, an important, important. It's quite a, a good book for looking into that. Yeah, I think you're right, the man. Character of being a dad, a, a husband. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's just at the level of like a Viz story or something. No, there's a reality to it. Yeah, there's a there's a kitchen sink element to it, and then yeah, there's, yeah. and then we get the grand old sci-fi time travel element to it later on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, which I always love. Even, even, do you know? Can I just say the opening story yeah. about when they're kids? Yeah. Um, and he's kind of he, there's a little girl eh? and he's like, "Can I see your front bottom?" And she's <laughs> like, "She's like, yeah, okay." And then he's with his friend eh? and he goes, "Oh," and his friend goes, "Oh no," and he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Why do you want to see?" And he goes, "Why did you want to see that?" He says, "I don't know. He just did." Yeah. You know, and then later on, he, he he dumps all the friends, and he and he goes away with the, with the girl again. And I'm like, why are you going with her? He says, I don't know. And yeah. I just thought, you know, there's something. This is truth. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a narrative line there to him look finding meeting a woman on online. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then later on, there's a, there's a quite a, vi- a nice vignette of him at school, isn't there? And sort of learning about that's right growing yeah. up and you know people smoking dope at a party and him yeah. you know meeting a girl and you know. This sort of thing, yeah. It's, it's there are some. They're not touching, but they're just realistic moments, aren't they? That sort of ring true for all of our youths, I suppose. I have to say, I there are quite. A, of, uh, sorry, sorry, man. sorry, go on. 
I was going to say it reminded me of a Jim Woodring story that he did. Okay. And it was called the uh, Chip and Monk. All right. I don't know if you remember it. And it was uh, so. it was like these two teenage guys and they'd set up a radio station, and <laughs> and like a like not CB but like you know local sort of bandwidth. They were sitting talking rubbish into the mic and it was transmitting around their local area. Right. And they're all just talking this utter rubbish and killing themselves laughing, you know. <laughs> and then and then uh, and then uh, get the girl comes and says, "Oh, can I come and sit?" In? And they're go and they're still gung ho for it. And then she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you brush my hair?" You know. And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> oh okay." So he starts brushing her hair, and he and he just loses interest in all the rubbish on the radio, you know, and yeah. leaves. And I, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> women. Women are the uh, the rulers of this planet. I think we all know that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, there's quite a few um, comic artists and comic creators who listen to this, and I can imagine they've probably had the odd moment of temptation seeing an email from a female fan. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> you know we have them now, Dave. We have women who read comics. Yeah, it's quite oh, common now. You, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, so I thought you meant female fans. You've got them. <laughs> I don't think That's we've got nice. any. Yeah, but I think there's the odd one. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh-oh. Okay, mate. So <laughs> we're going. I was going to talk a little, talk to you a little bit about what makes you laugh in a comic. Can you think of any? I've I've done a little shout out on the Slack actually for this, so I'll mention a few as we go along. But is oh. is there what makes? Can you think of any comics that have made you laugh, and and can you remember why it was? Well, uh, the comic that I I do remember laughing the most are John Crickfellusi comic. Okay. He did uh, one that was called Comic Book. Right, okay. Uh, and, um, <laughs> I, you know, you know, I just pictured it in my mind there and laughed again. It was, uh, it was just a sequence of, of a dog. It was, it was called Remote Control Jimmy, something like that. <laughs> right. And, and so he was able to go around with remote con- the remote control and make things, you know, go backwards or something. I should have... I should have. I never looked into this right. question before we came on. But this is from memory, and the 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 dog. It's something like the dog does a poo, right? <laughs> and he's like, and he and he and he just goes like, put it back in, you know. With <laughs> 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 the remote control, you know. And and then I remember the part. I was like, but I don't want it. <laughs> and just the way I read it, it was so funny that it was. It must have been the expression, the timing of it, the way the way it you turned the page or whatever and saw it it was just uh that sticks with me as being really funny <laughs> that is good yeah i like that old Jimmy. so I we had, um, we had a few a few people met um reply so simon russell the aforementioned said lushkin by jamie smart i've not really read much jamie smart um have you dude or no i, I don't know that no um sergio aragona's work um oh yeah yep and um, Ambush Bug, which I'm thinking mm. it was either that or D.R. and Quince that was the first comic that made me laugh. Right. Um, I remember the, the stalking stuffer, the Ambush Bug stalking stuffer. <laughs> yeah. It was the Christmas one. I do remember laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. There was that something was sort of anti-establishment and anarchist about um, Keith Giffen's art in those, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a funny writer, Keith Giffen. I know you've been reading the Justice League stuff, haven't you? Which I know he was involved yeah. in. And that, I think there's a lot of his humour. You can tell his humour in that, I think. Yeah. yeah. He, is, he is very funny in that series and in Ambush Bug. 
The yeah. one I always come back to is uh, Peter Bag, of course. Yes. And, but he, he genuinely is. Whenever do you know, with him, whenever I read a comic, has I expect to get a laugh out of it. Right. I don't Good. think it's ever happened yet that I haven't got a laugh. You know. Okay. I've been stood in. I've been stood in like shops, reading and you know burst out laughing standing in the shop. You know. <laughs> uh, embarrassing kind of stuff, but so funny. <laughs> What's the phrase I heard today? Is it completely unconnected to what you just said? But I heard a phrase a woman say, she's had more ugly blokes in her than Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good, eh? I thought that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, totally unconnected. Sarah Harris um, said next wave. Um, she said that made her laugh every time. Um, she also liked Superior Foes of Spider-Man and the recent Jimmy Olsen book, which I own. I must read that soon. Um, Mark Abnett said um, there's a moment he he sent us the panels actually of it and if you look in the slack um, Hellions and there's um, Nanny who's this sort of weird nanny robot creature breaks gets pissed and breaks a bottle to have a kick off so that's pretty funny yeah it was um, Alan Henderson said Alan Grant's The Demon you must have been a fan of that book I'm thinking Dave were you or uh, I, th- I think I was too deep into my this isn't Jack Kirby okay yeah, yeah. Mindset, so I probably didn't even give it a chance. So right, okay. Sure, it's good. You know, Alan Grant. So yeah, there's a character in that I think. Right. Who, there's a character in that who came back in Hitman called Master Baytor, um, oh, which right. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he also mentions Cavern and Hobbs, Dilbert, Peanuts, and Fred Bassett. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Amy Clark mentioned Cavern and Hobbs, Dr. and Quinch, um, which I think I just remember moments of Dr. and Quinch being so off the wall and so. I mean, they're they're basically the goons, Pete and Dud, Monty Python, transposed into a sort of Harry Harrison sci-fi adventure, aren't they? But with just counterculture-looking aliens, and I think I think that's a real. I think it shows that everyone kind of presumes that Alan Moore is this sort of dour guy, you know, this sort of oh, don't talk to me about the movies, you know, sort of kind of guy. But he's not. He's actually quite funny, and I think Alan Davis' art sort of really goes along with that. Um, yeah. Um, Asterix he mentions as well um, Dan mentioned the, the the funniest comic ever made which is Viz everyone knows that oh, yeah. um, which I remember years ago at work just one doing the rounds in the office and everyone like crying with laughter you know just the old characters Buster Gonad Millie Tant and all these sort of people you know and yep. George Melly um, I remember I had a George Melly mug for years and it was just George Melly on the telly and on the back it just had him saying the word wanker um, and actually, give it actually um, accidentally giving it to an aunt of mine who just looked at it, laughed, and went, "Oh, it says Wally," and handing it back to me. Um, <laughs> the uh, Jordan Thomas uh, said Slane, especially the stuff with Ucko, he says makes him chuckle. And both him and Dan mentioned Airboy, um, the James Robinson version. Did you ever read that? No, I missed that. Was that good? Was that the eighties? No, that was um, two thousand and fourteen, oh, okay. something. Like that, I'm going to say. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, absolutely really good. Um, incidentally, Jordan, um, I said to give a shout out to him. Uh, he has a Kickstarter on the go at the moment for the complete, complete Frank at home on the farm, which is a hardcover as got covers by Glenn Fabry. Frank returns from the Great War to find his family missing and only animals waiting for him. He begins his desperate search in this horror story, and um, it's done its money. But you know, it's, it's worth pledging to it. It's a great comic. I've read it else. He sent it to me, me some copies digitally, so I think I think it's a great comic. So go and pledge to that one. Um, and anyone else you want to give a shout out to, Dave? Or? I, I do. I do uh, laugh a lot at Tony Millionaire. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, Trinky Crow and all that. Is it Sock Monkey? Is that one is? Yeah. Sock Monkey as yeah. well, yeah. I'm remembering, like, some character um, gets their arm chopped off and, and the right. crow says, Oh, hang on, you know, grabs the arm and runs off. And then in the last panel, he's, like, in the chippy saying, Can you put batter on this? And I'll have this. <laughs> yeah, he's really made me laugh, Tony Millionaire. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Good stuff, man. That was a good choice. Just another... I think it's kind of the smallest small press we've done on this show. Um, so it's a nice one to for a change of pace to have a look at. Good stuff, mm-hmm. Dave. Um, let's... You know, I do, I do... I've got one final thought okay, on, mate. Yeah, yeah. On, on Nigel Octor-Looney, which is... <laughs> uh, I'm glad he's you know, making a living at the Beano and got steady income. But I do see him as he, he could have, you know, in a different economic situation here, we could have had a good 10 books out of him of yeah. a strong, you know, uh, undergroundy kind of personal funny comics. That, You're right, man. You know, but we're just not in that world. So yeah, he'd be the, the hero of the underground over here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. that one gone as well. That was an earlier one he did. Okay. Um that was that was like two thousand and two, something like that. So that was good as well. Yeah, that was an yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think he would have been great. I am like pleased, especially in the current climate, that you know British art artists can make their money by drawing comics. I think it's marvelous. You know, I think uh, yeah, especially when it's a sort of British comic, you know, Scottish comic, whatever it is. But yeah, yeah and from here, his stuff in the Beano and that is very good. Yeah, I had a look at some of it online. I haven't bought the Beano or the Dandy for donkey's years, man. But uh, I yeah, looked at it and it was here. good. And I think there's a video of him drawing some of them, some of them on there as well. If you look at the, if you look him out, check him out on, on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I think the only place you probably get this would be from dealers or on eBay. But it's Spleen or S P L E E N A L. Um, it's by Nigel Octoluni, as we've said, and you, you spell his name N I G E L. There you go. And Octoluni is A U C H T E R L O U N I E. Octoluni, which um. Sounds a bit Scottish to me, Dave. Oh, I don't know. At first, yeah, I, I thought, you know. I took, um, I took bad with thinking, I'm going to be talking about this book with Tony. How how am I going to say his name? You know, I've never actually thought about it. <laughs> yes, and in my mind, it's like, och, you know. I, yeah. I'm like, to me, it should be och. And I was thinking, is it Lowney or Loney? Or, so I actually just uh, messaged him. All right. He said, how do I say your name? Did so he, he reply? Yeah. Oh, nice one, man. Octor Looney. Yeah, I've been in touch with him a little bit because he he was um, I did a Dundee Comics comic history thing right. comic a few years ago and and he and he wrote a little bit for me for that. So oh, lovely! I didn't realise that man. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did like that he said yeah, it's pronounced Octor Looney, and I thought yeah, of course Looney. Yeah. It, yeah. it sounds like a little Fife town to me, Octor Looney near Pitt and Ween. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good stuff, man. So over to you, Mister Robertson. Whereabouts are you, and what are you what are you doing at the moment? What's uh, what's coming out from you? Can you say? Oh well, uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I've just done a comic. Well, I'm thinking what's out. There was yeah. um, Damon Heard did a comic. Whatever happened to Ticking Boy? Oh, I, I saw a... you tweeting about this. Are you in that as well? Are you? Yeah, I did a page for him. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and so he's put that in there and. Um, that that what he actually said. Well, you do, well you do a, a comic. He's done things for me in the past. Okay. Like drawing them, and then he he gave me the he gave me the title, 
He says, here's the title. Uh, tick, uh, what was it? Tick, ticking Boy Meets Fred Egg Uptown. <laughs> he says, right, there you go. Do whatever you want with that, you know. Oh, nice. So I came up with this page. So he's put it in there. So that's that's just come out. What, what is Ticking Boy, then? What What is that? Is that a character? Ticking or? Boy is like Damon's... Um, well, it's his version of his life. Right. Uh, and he calls himself Ticking Boy. Okay. Uh, and so he's done it. He did one about 10 years ago now. And this is like, and that was called Ticking Boy Comics, I think. And then this new one is Whatever Happened to Ticking Boy. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, it's good. He's uh, he's in Kirkcaldy. That's where he stays. Oh, okay. And, um, what else? Uh, well, the uh, the awesome drawn under the influence thing I've, that's coming soon, isn't it? Yeah, I've got that's. A um, I think Sarah's waiting for them to come back from the printer, as far as I know. Um, and then I've got to try and. I think she's bringing. I was going to go and get some from her, but it sounds like she's going to be at both days. At meanwhile, so I'll. Um, I think she's going. To, we're going to sell some of ours at the the, the meanwhile comic festival on the 18th and 19th. So they're going to be on the table then. But I suspect you'll probably get yours before then, Dave, because as soon as it arrives, she's ready to envelope them up and uh, send the copies off to people who have been involved, you know? Yeah. Look forward to seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the PDF of it. It looks great, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I've also got my, my booze ha-ha that I'm sure I told you about, which is my next collection. Yeah. So what's, when's and that due? Well, that's all completely finished. And, all right. and I sent it off to the printer about maybe three weeks ago but I've not really heard anything so I've kind of I've thought <laughs> do you know what do you remember this happened last time you know? <laughs> I'd be saying yeah yeah. And I thought do you know I don't want this to drag on again so I just I just sort of says look you know no no hard feelings like but I'm just going to call it quits here you know? <laughs> right. so I'm so I'm going to go and find some other printer and try and speed it up a bit because you know you'll know working on things you know it was like deadlines End yeah. of July. Okay, I'll I'll spend August doing all the production. I'll get it off there. September, I would have liked it to be out. Yeah. But there's like three and a half weeks gone, whatever. Anyway, so that'll be coming, and uh, hopefully, with any luck, it'll be soon. Yeah. Um, it, it seems to be that we're stuck in the UK with, I'm going to say, like three printers. It seems to be everyone goes to them. But back yeah. when I was doing comics in the 90s, we would. I just went to a printer that was like a mile down the road. And it was just a normal printer who knew how to print the comic because I talked them through it. You know, it's not. Yeah. It seems yeah, to be that we seem stuck on these three, two or three printers. When you know, there's people out there printing. I mean, there's a little Lovely, village magazine yeah. that comes through my door, and I'm sure that they could print out something for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's worth exploring. I think, do... Yeah, I know Mike uh, Mike Sadaka. Yes. He. Um... He was talking about some new printer in town here in Dundee that he's been getting things done with. So um, oh, I'll right. maybe go that way. We'll see, yeah. Yeah, just pay him a visit. You might find financially yeah. it's going to be worth it to you because you can go and pick him up off them, you know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. And Mike, you know, he, he is insane, but he's got <laughs> good advice sometimes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And he makes little, and you know, he makes little foil dinosaurs when I sit at the table with him. Yeah, yeah. And they're quite impressive as well. Yeah, they're not bad. He knows what he's talking about. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've, been, I've started working on the the stories for the next comic smell comic. You know. Good. Yeah, I'm looking so forward I'm to drawing, that. Man. I'm drawing something again that Tom wrote. And, oh, nice. And, and something that Mike wrote. Oh, brilliant. Oh, my brain nearly broke working <laughs> on Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's 
two pages. I'm like, yeah, fine, good. He says, yeah, it's 21 panels. And, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's going well. And then I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to draw as well. So that that's going to happen at some point. Good stuff, man. Where can we find well, your work online? Where can we look for you? You can find me at Fred Egg Comics. Good stuff. Just Google that and then you'll find everything. So you're that online and you're that on Twitter as well, aren't you, I think? That's right. That's it? right. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff, man. Um, over at Tribute Press, we're rocking on the um, Patreon. Um, we're into issue three now of Flesh and Ink. The hoodies are still on pre-order if you want a hoodie. Um, we will be appearing, making our first Tribute Press. Weird net, we've been going almost two years now tribute press and uh but our first convention appearance because there haven't been any conventions will be at the aforementioned meanwhile the 18th and 19th at coventry cathedral um coming out from the tribute press patreon tomorrow is the new episode of baboonsville radio which is the podcast that we put out once a month for patrons however if you aren't a patron um just look out for the links on our socials and you'll get access to it for free just as a little encouragement people see what they're getting See if they want to sign up to the Patreon. We're putting out a free episode. It is not safe for work in any way at all, but it does involve me and Adam and uh, Daryl, um, who's obviously done George Mayhem with me, and I've I've got something in the drawn under the influence with him, and we're also working on an extra story for tribute. So it's a little bit of a family affair, but it's it should lift your. The only good thing with Patreon, Dave, is you can put music on it where you can't on YouTube and you can't on Podbean. So it's oh. kind of a radio show. We actually. We pretend, we pretend it's coming from the wastelands of Atomic Hercules, which is the town he lives in, Baboonsville. <laughs> and we put a little bit of a uh, little bit of music in there as well. So it's, it's quite fun. So have a listen out for that, and that'll be on our socials. Um, thanks for listening. You can find me at tributepress.com or neverineanything.com. Thanks, Dave, and we shall say goodbye now and have a chat about a possible another book in the future. Thanks, mate. <laughs>